0: MSW
1: Media
2: for relaxing times, make it centauri time. <laughs> we'll pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill, it's time to have some fun. Do a little thinking, some picking, and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. yeah!
0: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up in just a little bit. Ian Somerhalder and Paul Wesley, the former stars of the Vampire Diaries. These two fine gentlemen have launched their own whiskey brand called Brothers Bond, and we're going to be drinking it and talking it. And I'm excited. Seem like solid dudes, and they're very hunky. Also going to have a visit from our friend and correspondent, Brad Jaffe. We're going to talk some Japanese whiskey with Brad, and that's coming up in just a little bit. But first, 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 yeah. Mouth isn't working already, and I haven't even gotten into the Brothers Bond. Folks, October 4th is National Vodka Day. For tens of adult beverage lovers across this great nation, it's a day to celebrate a popular spirit, commemorate its history, and get hella wasted on the blandest of white spirits. Now, National Vodka Day's roots can be traced back to 2009, when someone who was clearly being paid too much by a liquor industry consortium took it upon themselves to invent it. To make it official, another person, probably a little bit less uh, well compensated, they invented this website. It, it, It was a pretty bad website. But to be fair, it's more professional looking than the sites for National Taco Day. Also, October 4th, National Chicken Wing Day, July 29th, and National Grab Some Nuts Day, which is August 3rd. And now, you do not want to confuse that last one with National Scratch Your Nuts Day, which is, let me check my calendar, today! And tomorrow, I celebrated yesterday, too. What can I say? I'm full of the scratch-your-nuts spirits. Now, after several hours of research, I have come to the conclusion that nobody really knows who's responsible for establishing National Vodka Day. Actually, that's not true. I must confess, I couldn't get myself to give half a shit about who started it. To be frank, the lion's share of my research came out of a bottle. I did put many hours into it. But as a longtime connoisseur of terrible, terrible things, I'll gladly raise a toast to the trailblazing son of a bitch that started National Vodka Day, as well as the sad, sad employee of PartyExcuses.com that had to build the website. You know what? Let's give the Taco Day guy some, too. Nice job, Taco Guy. I'm going to have both of you over when National Bullshit Holiday Day rolls around. Traditionally celebrated the seventh Tuesday of September. Now, some of you might be wondering, why have a National Vodka Day in the first place? Or what's the significance of October 4th? Or does the fact that I'm thinking about calling in sick to work so I can celebrate a fake holiday mean that I'm an alcoholic? Well, stop with all your wondering. It's only going to get in the way of the fun. Sure, it's ridiculous to have a national holiday to celebrate a distilled spirit, especially one that wasn't even invented here. And yes, fine, according to the National Vodka Day website, the date was chosen at random. I think that's very festive. Let me make one thing perfectly clear. Skipping work on October 4th so you can drink Smirnoff for 16 hours straight does not mean you're an alcoholic. It just means you really like tacos. At least that's what any halfway resourceful alcoholic is telling himself and his concerned loved ones. The point is there's absolutely no point to National Vodka Day other than it being an, another excuse to drink, like Cinco de Mayo, Arbor Day, and Yom Kippur. And when an excuse to drink presents itself, you run with it, people. Run with it. In fact, I propose we add a National Drunk People Running Day to the calendar. But enough justifications. The real question you should be asking is what type of vodka should you celebrate National Taco Day with? While it might make sense to go with the standby top shelf brands, Absolute, Tito, Stoli, Grey Goose, Kettle One, and their ilk, you know what would really class up those tacos? Flavored vodkas. And luckily, the super classy vodka industry has introduced some real doozies in the past couple of decades. Take Alaska Distillery's Smoked Salmon Flavored Vodka. It was designed to be used in Bloody Marys, but don't let that stop you. Let the beguiling flavor and aroma of fish into your life by drinking it neat. Just promise me you won't make a Moscow Mule or Greyhound with it. I'd say you could pour it over a bagel, but just try explaining that to your concerned loved ones it's not even Yom Kippur. Of course, if you want fish-infused vodka, you could always make your own, especially if you've got one of these bad boys handy.
1: Yes, fish eaters, the days of troublesome scaling, cutting,
3: and gutting are over. Because Super Basomatic 76 is the tool that lets you use the whole bass with no fish waste without scaling, cutting, or gutting. Here's how it works catch a bass, remove the hook, and drop the bass. That's the whole bass into the Super Basomatic 76. Now adjust the control dial so that that bass is blended just the way you like it.
0: But Fish Voc is flavored with something edible. What if you want to drink something that you should, under no circumstances, ever swallow? Well, my friends, I have you covered. Many years ago, I received a sample bottle of Ivana Bitch Vodka. Now, Ivana Bitch is tobacco-flavored vodka. And I still have it. (laughs) Be shocked to learn. The bottle's almost full. Now, the only reason I can think that someone would make such a thing is because vodka doesn't kill you quickly enough on its own. Now, in the name of science... I I did actually drink it back in the day when they sent it to me, and I nearly hurled. Now, you may have heard people use the term nearly hurled before as colorful hyperbole. I mean, you know it was bad, but you don't think they were ever actually on the verge of heaving the contents of their stomach across the room. But not this time, friends. When I say I nearly hurled after downing a shot of Ivanovitch, that is a precise, 100% literal description. My body knew I was doing something deeply wrong to it and immediately rebelled. But in the end, I, the sensible part of me was overruled by the Irish part of me and my cookies remained untossed. But I should make one thing extremely clear if it wasn't already, even if you know somebody or you have one on your own, a bottle of Ivana bitch if you care about yourself or your rug, stay the fuck away. Just stay the fuck away from tobacco flavored vodka. Now, you may be asking yourself, Dan, when are you going to talk about caramel and black currant and root beer flavored vodka? We used to love drinking those at the highlighter mixers at Theta Phi Gamma. And to you, I say no, no. These fun vodkas are where I draw the line. And you'll notice I put quotation marks around fun. Vodka has been bullying the entire alcohol market for decades now. But it must end here, because for centuries, these fun flavors could only be found in schnapps. That's right. Poor little schnapps with its sad bottom shelf section and dusty bottles and terrible hangovers. Well, first vodka came for gin and I said nothing. Then vodka came for beer and I said nothing. Well, I'll be good and God damned. I'm not going to stick up for schnapps in their hour of need. Vodka's not supposed to be fun. Vodka was invented as a way of grimly making yourself as intoxicated as possible. Ask any 19th century Russian peasant. You want fun? Go see schnapps. Now, October 16th, coming up, is National Liqueur Day, people. So get on down to your local liquor purveyor and ask him for his finest bottle of De Kuiper Buttershots. It tastes like two butterscotches are fucking in your mouth. And while you're there, stock up on banana, watermelon, bubblegum, and whipped cream schnapps. Because with so many flavored spirits that sound as though they were made by Oompa Loompas and belong in juice boxes, it's only a matter of time before some moron invents national drink like a third grader day. Oh look, I just did! Crap-temper third! I'll see you on the playground. Hi, this is Pat Oswald.
1: And this is Meredith Salinger.
0: And you're listening to what we're drinking...
1: With the very handsome Dan Dunn!
2: <laughs> glug glug.
1: Glug glug. As
0: threatened... Joining me now, our uh, roving correspondent. He travels all over the world. You
3: know him, you love
0: him, Brad Jaffe. Mr. Dunn. Where are you coming to us from today, th- this evening, I guess?
3: Mr. Dunn, I am, as mentioned, it is past midnight here, first full day of fall uh, 2021. I am outside the town of, um, what town is this? Uh, it's in Sicily, Italy, the island, uh, and I'm outside of Marsala the city of in the Southwestern part of this, of uh, this, this Island, I'm trying to crash a Sicilian wedding. Uh, we know if anybody that watched the Godfather, how good of an idea that would be.
0: That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I, we, I don't want to keep you then, man. I don't want to keep you from that wedding. I just, I wanted to check in with you because you know, whiskey is as, as well as anybody and you and I both had a chance this week or re, you know, recently to, to try one of the,
3: rarest and most expensive
0: whiskeys in the world. What is that whiskey?
3: This whiskey is actually, you're not even hyping it up enough. It is the oldest commercially available Japanese whiskey ever to hit the market. We're talking about, of course, the 55-year-old Yamazaki uh, out of Japan, out of just outside of Osaka from the Yamazaki story, Yamazaki distillery. This is a product that they're saying should retail, Dan. And you went to this event thinking that it should cost $60,000. And I had to say to you, Dan, like, where the fuck do you think that you're going to find this bottle at retail?
0: So, so everybody knows they, there's only a hundred bottles made available. total. And as, as, as Brad alluded to, you're not going to find it for $60,000. Now there is nowhere that you're going to get it for its suggested retail price. Indeed, Brad forwarded me a secondary market site that has it listed for $950,000. That's just under a million dollars. Is someone going to pay that? Do you think,
3: Brad? <laughs> and by the way, I just want to mention that is for one bottle of whiskey. Yes, 55-year-old Yamazaki whiskey, but one bottle that does not come with any sort of, you know, nobody's going to come in like, you know, give you a happy ending or fly you to Japan, uh, to sip on it. Like it's just a bottle of whiskey for just shy of a million dollars. It's insane. Now, this would be
0: the thing that would come up to me. And maybe when you're playing in, in, in that arena, you don't worry about if you have that kind of money to spend on whiskey, but how can someone be sure of the provenance of it, Brad? Like, how do they know that what they're getting is what, and by no means am I suggesting that the, that uh, Yamazaki is trying to pull one over. But
3: yeah, how do you know? Well, you need to if you're going to be buying this bottle um, and you have the opportunity to. <clears throat> excuse me, you need to be very, very certain of the vendor of the uh, you know distributor. Excuse me, the the, the retailer and the, the shop that you are purchasing it from. So if some guy is just on the side of the street uh, on. On the side of the 405.
0: and happens he's to like, have a hey, bottle of Yamazaki 55. you You're probably not. <laughs> he's selling oranges and an ancient whiskey.
3: I would I would suggest that you purchase the oranges with a little bit of trepidation and say no to the 55-year-old Japanese whiskey.
0: Well, the, here's one way you can find out if he's on the level. It's aged in Mizunara casks, so ask him to spell that. And if he can't spell yes. Mizunara, it's a pretty good... Uh, uh, indication that he might be ripping up, but no, but it, it, that, that's what I'm saying. Again, I just want to reiterate. I'm not suggesting that that Centauri owns Yamazaki that they're doing this, but when you're buying it on the secondary market, oh yeah, man these these counterfeiters are pretty crafty. Is there any definitive way to verify that what you're getting is actually the Yamazaki 55?
3: The the best way when you're talking about a bottle of this incredible stature is literally to reach out to. Uh, the organization to Beam Centauri itself, which is based in Chicago, soon to be in New York City, find their their communications line and be like, hey, so like I'm about to buy this bottle from a retailer. And look, you just mentioned there's a 100 bottles total in the United States. So they know exactly where each one of those bottles went to. And they probably in an email would say to you, hey, you know what, congratulations this is a real t- retailer that was lucky enough to get a bottle from us. So we, according to our records, this should be a real bottle. Also, the packaging is very, very elaborate on this. It comes in this very bespoke box um, and you know, uh, a wax top. And as you expect for a $60,000 bottle that could be sold for $900,000, that it will be very, very elaborate. But nobody is immune to counterfeiting, there's a story, Dan, that you're you know you may not be aware of, but just this past week, Sazerac, uh, makers of owners of Buffalo Trace, which makes some of the most coveted American whiskeys. We're talking about, um, of course, Pappy Van Winkle and Eagle Rare, E.H. Taylor. The list goes on and on. They sent out a mass letter warning people in the industry that there has been counterfeiting going on, and if you are looking at people on sites promising pappy van winkle for prices that are too good to be true it's probably because they aren't true wow people suck so yeah
0: yeah that explains why i i did my tasting i got to taste it at nobu in malibu which in itself was a treat to go up there i mean that's where the fancy people mm-hmm. hang out right on the beach in with malibu. nobu himself uh, nobu was there and i sat next to a daniel um daniel uh Kim from uh, Lost, the actor. He and I tasted together, and and Hawaii Five O, Hawaii Five O. We had a moment, and anyway, they had. But the bottle was in the in the room where we did the tasting. When I came in, the bottle was in this pre- big case, like a protective, mm-hmm. thick bulletproof glass case. And I remember thinking to myself, "Well, that's a little much, isn't it?" But I guess not, right? If somebody lifted that bottle, could sell it for half a million dollars? I, you know, I'm surprised they didn't have an armed security guard there.
3: I would be very surprised, Dan, if that wasn't what we refer to in the business as a dummy bottle, and it was just colored uh, water, um, caramel-colored water, sitting there in that bottle. Because you're right, if that was a three thousand-dollar bottle, that you could get close to a million dollars. You, it should be with an armed security guard. It should be in a vault.
0: Well, it. Uh, I can tell you this: it was delicious. <laughs> I, it's what it's a strange thing because you know they gave they gave us just a tiny taste each, and it's an interesting feeling to be trying something that you are almost certain you'll never try again. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I in, unless I, my friends get more interesting, I, I'm not going to probably ever have that whiskey again. And and here's the thing, you know, people often will say, "Oh, when you get these, all is that much supposed to be incredible?" To be honest with you, if you were just doing it from a purely taste standpoint if you just didn't, none of the money or none of it matters. It purely tastes my sweet spots around 18 years, you know, that the, was, yeah. that's kind of where I want to be. Absolutely. But what always strikes me when I get to taste these really old spirits is I get caught up in the, in the feeling that most, if not all of the people who were involved with laying those casks down and, and, and distilling that, that, that liquid are gone. That's the part that strikes me is that they, it's, they live on in a way, just like with music. When I listen to Prince and <laughs> Bowie, they're gone, but they're always going to be here because I'm always going to have that music and more so with these spirits because I'm not always going to have this spirit. I, again, I won't probably ever have this again, but I got to try it. And in the process, I felt like I connected with you know this several generations ago and uh, we, had a, we bonded and the guy from Lost in <laughs> Hawaii Five-O as well.
3: So Dan, what you're saying is you were tasting their spirit.
0: I, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah. Look at you. I think you've been, I think you've been overserved in Sicily. You're getting all, you're getting all risque on the show. No. Uh, Yeah. I tasted their spirit. Uh, By the way, don't, if you're at your office computer right now, don't Google, (laughs) I tasted their spirit. You might get in (laughs) trouble if you're using a work computer. Anyway, Brad, I want you to go and uh, tap into your inner Corleone family member and go to the wedding, crash it and be careful, my friend, but uh, we'll check in. You're going to be over there in across the pond for a little while. So we'll, we'd love to check in with you again. You're headed yeah. to Scotland, right
3: soon. I'm headed to Scotland. Hopefully we touch base there. I also want to tell your wonderful listeners to be on the lookout for my work in Bloomberg. i will be writing about some of these incredible uh, whiskeys that we tasted over there from Japan. Um, including a reformulation of 25-year-old Yamazaki, which we haven't even touched upon, but that's a whole nother thing, that's a whole reason to read the stuff that, that I have out there
0: in Bloomberg. Brad Jaffe, that's J A P H E. If you're looking for him, if you're looking for him on the uh, on Bloomberg, check out his piece about Japanese whiskey. Brad, as always, love having you on, man. You are a bottomless
1: well of knowledge. It's that time of year again, New Year's. It's that time of year where we make those resolutions about dropping weight, answering our mom's calls, staying in touch with friends. It always feels like the perfect time to refocus on what we want in life, but it's easy to get stuck looking back on all of the resolutions we didn't keep last year. This year, there's one resolution I am definitely keeping, and that's making my mental health a priority. Make it part of your daily routine with Talkspace. Talkspace personally matches you with a licensed therapist you could connect with right from your phone or computer. I've been in therapy for years, but it's always been so challenging to find the right person. I've bounced around a different therapist and it's always, does this one take my insurance? Is this one close to my house? With Talkspace, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Listen, everyone could use someone to talk to. I personally deal with some anxiety and my problem at night is those racing thoughts that I can't turn off. I'm up all hours of the night thinking about everything that everyone ever said to me and how am I going to get through this? My therapist at Talkspace taught me some really awesome breathing techniques that help me calm my mind, calm my body, and give me a more restful sleep. Connecting with a licensed therapist on Talkspace can help you feel better and it's secure. No one's going to hear what you say and that's the best part. Let all that talk fly. Unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace fits your schedule, not the other way around. Talkspace treats your privacy and security as their top priority. You get access to private virtual room with just you and your therapist. You can send your therapist messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for that weekly appointment. You owe it to yourself to make mental health a priority this year. And TalkSpace makes it easy to keep. Visit TalkSpace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code STARBURNS at sign up. That's S T A R B U R N S. That's $100 off at TalkSpace.com, promo code STARBURNS.
0: Joining me now, Two gentlemen who, over the course of eight seasons and 171 episodes of The Vampire Diaries, enchanted audiences the world over. And now they have once again joined forces to wow whiskey lovers with their very own bourbon. Brothers Bond, please welcome to the show, Ian Summerhaller and Paul Wesley. Guys, yeah. how are you?
4: Hey, brother.
0: Cheers. You, bro? I made an old-fashioned... So nice. with the whiskey, cheers to you.
4: Cheers, brother, Dan. Mm. My cheers favorite cocktail.
0: I got to say right up front, I just want to get this out of the way. Did you guys not get the memo? You're celebrities now. You're supposed to have started a fucking tequila brand. What's going on?
4: <laughs> Did you? What happened? Hey, you know, uh, what can I say? it wasn't? Part of, thank you know what, Paul. It
2: wasn't part of our story.
0: Wasn't yeah, that. that's it, and and it is a great story. It, it is, it, it's getting ridiculous. I when it started to happen, and I and now I'm like, how many more tequila brands? Just if, if even if there was just tequila brands in general, but owned by celebrities, I was it was really refreshing to see you guys start a whiskey
4: because not a lot of famous people are doing whiskey. Well, I also think, man, like you know we're not just arbitrarily doing an alcohol because everyone's doing an alcohol we're doing an alcohol this so long, a long time ago we, 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 we we've planned this for 10 years you know i know dan you're uh target you're the target demographic for the vampires i know you're a huge fan but uh but you know jokes aside like <laughs> You know, look, I'm all about the CW, baby. I know you yeah. are, dude. You got a CW T-shirt on right now. Yeah. Um, no, He's but I mean, CW underwear
2: on. I know he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but who's saying, we. Yeah. Wait, wait!
0: I'm not wearing any
4: pants. I don't. I don't. i oh, yeah. yeah, all mind. about. I'll, I'll, send you.
2: I'll FedEx you. I'll will messenger you something. Please do.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but look, we drank bourbon on the show. Okay, uh, our characters drank bourbon on the show. Ian and I drank bourbon off the show. We shot the show in the South. This is something that we've been doing for 10 years. Bourbon has been in our orbit and we have been talking about doing this for a decade, over a decade. And so for us, like, it's kind of wild. All these celebrity alcohol brands are coming out, but we, 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 you know, we started this conversation 10 years ago and this is completely organic to us, you know, in our relationship. And also too,
2: man, Dan, I think you, you, listen, man, again, we're not trying to sound like, you know, D bags. And I say everything I say to you, we're just having conversations. I say this in all humility because this is, he doesn't know. mean he's totally, you know, GFI. Yeah.
0: I It's coming through it. It registers a genuine.
2: It really does. But No, <laughs> no, but I'm saying, I say this in all humility, man. Like the show was obviously an amazing launching off point. It was a big, big, big show. But this story, dude, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a brand that. It, as far as uncompromising quality that we would not compromise in the quality with 12, now 12 years of IP built into it, a level of nostalgia and sort of global access that not many have. I mean, man, this was the most authentic thing we could ever do. And we did this for ourselves, right? Like this is something we wanted to just share with people. And man, we're just, we we're geeks about this. Like this is, it goes into agriculture and we spent over a year just blending it. And then, you know, we only do a certain amount of barrels at a time and we have to go through the 16 point, you know, yeah. checkpoint and, and protocol. And, and
4: just to like, you know, we'll uh, let you, we'll let you ask the questions that are talked but like real quick, man, just cause you had mentioned the tequila brands and all the celebrities doing the tequila brands and all that. calling yourself a celebrity, Paul. Big time, dude. Big time. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, look like, Everything you see, man, like the, the the liquid, certainly the the name, the bottle, the label, we created it ourselves. We didn't just slap our names on this thing. And so I think that's a big distinction. But anyway, well, I, I you know, on this show, we've
0: had everybody's been on here. And, and I'm, I sort of pride myself on being frank, maybe not when I have the guest on the show. <laughs> well, I know. So yeah. Uh, but a lot of times I've had stuff, and if I don't love it, I just won't talk about it a lot. I'll talk more about it. <laughs> hey, so anyway, that show you were on, but I got to tell you, I when I when I first tried the, when I first tried it, I, I was really impressed by what I was getting. I when I nosed it, it had this really sort of pleasant uh, honey notes going on, and like a little bit of orange peel going on yeah. that I that I really enjoyed. Uh, uh, sweet corn was coming through. It, it has. I'm sure you were thinking about my preferred flavor profile while you were doing this, but but you really kind of got it. I mean, this is this is a high rye bourbon, so everybody knows that means, you know, obviously we got to have at least 51% corn. I think you guys are in what the 60, 65% corn? 62,
2: 62.
0: Yeah. And then what's your rye content? About 20, 20. Yeah. Okay. So what that does, everybody, so you know, is that's gonna bring a little bit of spice to the bourbon you you're getting that. But what I find really, really special about this one is that – about Brothers Bond is that the balance is, is really nice. Between the spice – the flavor that really jumped out at me that I just found really special was a caramel corn note to it with a mm. little bit of citrus sort of sprinkled on top. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I really enjoy it. And especially and this – it matters. At this price point, you guys are what, about 30, 39 bucks –
2: yeah, $39. 99 Yeah, man.
0: It's a really, really solid whiskey at that pro, at that price point. It's a good looking bottle. I think a lot of what's gone on during COVID is people are stocking up their home bars and stuff. And I think it's really important to have good looking shit on your bar, man. And that yeah, bottle right. that bottle looks good. You said you designed it yourself, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. I, mean, I mean, with our with our team, with our team. Uh, I, mean, I mean, our CMO, our CMO and her husband are graphic designers, and yeah, like it's. A but I mean. Deal.
4: Yeah, but, but I mean, we went back. I mean, Ian and I like we we designed about every every square inch of it. Even the the name. I mean, you should see the text threads. Um, you know, arguing uh, and trying to figure it out, and or and the mash bill. I mean, I, we man, we we spent like in Ian's living room. We had three three grain whiskey that blends that we were blending into for a for over drink. a year, Dan. For over a year with with ma- me, uh, graduated measuring cylinders and all kinds of. I mean, Ian was like not sleeping. It was like. It, yeah, he you like Christopher stopped. Lloyd in Back to the Future. And
0: he, so the name Brothers we Bond. need to get a,
2: wait, hold on, Paul, Paul, sorry, dude, we got to get a bourbon colored DeLorean.
0: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> I got to hang out with Christopher Lloyd in Germany, dude. We no kidding. That, that, that cigar bar until four in the morning with Christopher Lloyd. How many
0: gigawatts was it? What was, I was trying to remember. How many gigawatts was it?
2: I don't remember but it was James uh, bond I, know it.
0: I digress. Was the na- did the name I figured the name came from the fact that you guys played brothers on the show.
2: It is. It's a big nod to our characters obviously and 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 by the way every single bit of this label there's nothing here that's by accident. The brothers bond is sort of uh you know rooting this this big organic amazing sort of uh tree. The boys are there looking out with perspective. You see all the grains uh inside the tree, but it's also this big organic uh, uh, uh of safety you know protecting the boys the birds symbolize freedom and nature i mean there's story
4: this meant but like it's brothers bond it's for the show but it's also like we're brothers in real life we bicker we fight we we get on we we're, we love each other we hate each other you know but it's also like the it's it's applicable to anyone it's like we we don't like this bottle is best shared in good company when you create a bond with someone. i know it sounds like a little bit sentimental and cheesy but at the end of the day like, at all like bro. this is a celebratory like this is a celebration when you're drinking this you're celebrating it doesn't have to be an occasion you're just celebrating uh, being together and bond over something. That's it. Like, that's what this is all about. Ultimately, I agree. You
0: said maybe, maybe it's too cents but it isn't really sentimental at all. I, during COVID, I was hosting a, a weekly thing for Flaviar and I know Flaviar, uh, carries you guys too, where it was a live stream every week. And this is when we weren't going out at all. Right. Wow. And I got to tell you that really sustained me to have people on yeah. and we were doing these live events and we're all being the thing that was bonding us together was our love of these spirits. And now that we're able to get back out, I'm finding it it's, it's so rewarding to me to sit around at a bar or a restaurant with some friends and enjoy a great whiskey or enjoy some wine or whatever that is, that sort of through line. And it's, it's, it's powerful in a way that maybe it wasn't for me. I mean, this has always been special to me. My career is built around it, but I've, come to really appreciate more the power of a good spirit and what it does when you bring your friends 100%. together
2: 100 yeah. and dude by the way the two seconds to to piggyback on that when something is this pure and this, something is this simple yeah i mean obviously it's complex in the bottle and the taste and everything but meaning it's easy drinking so when you get together or you're sitting at a bar you're sitting with friends family whatever your mortal enemy either way It's about the experience, not about the bourbon. You don't have to sit here and contemplate all these flavors you're tasting. Something that tastes good, just freaking tastes good. And that's all that matters for us, you know, is setting that stage. That's, I guess, what I'm saying.
0: Now, the the part that's got to be equally rewarding is that you, you know, look, let's face it. Not everybody has the kind of success that you guys have had with this brand right out of the gate. You've been around, what, about five months now? Four, four months. And I read what 50,000 cases in the first yeah. four months. I mean, we had to
2: legally say that it was technically a little less than that, but yes, we 50,000 we're now we're, we've blown past 50,000 cases. Blown way we're... by
0: it. You're, you're, it's the most followed alcohol brand on Instagram in the world. You did an IG live that had 20 some thousand views Live view. I did see something that said you did the whiskey neat podcast and it had over 400,000 views today. So I, I take that as a challenge right now to, to everybody out there. Let's beat those motherfuckers. Cause you know,
4: <laughs> whiskey, yeah, anyway, I hear you are doing all right for yourself uh, with your podcast, man. It's all yeah, right, man.
0: man. It's, it's, it's doing good. And you know, I also am on the, I'm also the spirits guy on the Adam Carolla show. One of these days I'll have to bring that in there and let everybody, we did a celebrity brand uh segment a couple of months ago. I wish I would have had you guys on there. But again, Ian sort of touched on it. Sometimes there can be negative connotations when you say easy drinking, but that's there's a complexity to this whiskey, but it's also not, uh, you know... It's not, it's not a, it's not a peat bomb from
2: Scotland where it's not going to kick you in your fricking teeth.
0: It's enjoyable. I think even people that maybe don't drink, you know, whiskey neophytes, I think would be really surprised at how, how much they would enjoy something like this, but also sophisticated whiskey drinkers, I think are going to love it as well. So guys, I want to ask you, somebody mentioned the old, who said it was the old fashioned right here.
4: Besides that, what would be your favorite uh,
0: cocktail to make with brothers bond? So people out there know what the.
4: To do we, well we have we have like a sick cocktail like mixologist that we worked with to make our own brothers bond we uh, built a, a whole drink strategy which, yeah you can go on brothersbond bourbon.com and go to our recipes and we have all our cocktails I mean with it's that so with that said I love a good Manhattan oh, uh sure. you know man I'm a, I I mean frankly I drink my bourbon neat or on the rocks if I'm gonna have it with anything I like simple you know uh uh Manhattan's old fashioned
2: what about you Smoldy I grew up with mint juleps just because I'm from the South, but I was always, you know, because a lot of times drinking bourbons, I drank a lot of my bourbon neat or on the rocks just because when you're drinking killer, killer bourbons, you don't need anything else. But like Paul mentioned, you know, RNDC is our big major nationwide distributor. And we've got the most amazing distributors around the country, but we were able to work with the greatest, some of the greatest mixology team on the planet, Right. And we built out a drink strategy that is seasonal. There's a seasonality to it. But the flavor profiles of these drink strategies are off the chain because the idea it fun, it's
4: fun because, you know, you,
2: fun. you think of you bourbon,
4: you're like, oh, old man, you know, on a rocking chair, you know, uh, uh, drinking his, his, his Talking bourbon. Talking about the weather. Man. Yeah. We, we, yeah, talk about the we, we, we we like, we have cocktails there that like you drink by the pool, you drink on the beach,
2: man. Yeah, like you know, what kind of- for me, man, I drink it on the rocks or I drink it neat. I love, by the way, I love bourbon with soda. I love bourbon with ginger. I love, uh, and obviously the mint julep, but the brother's julep is amazing. Our mule, the bourbon mule, the brother's mule. Um, we also have another one, dude. that's kind of out of, it's a little off topic, but it's called the Blood Brothers, and it's a bourbon cocktail, but with a with a fricking uh, port wine floater. So you get those crazy, beautiful colors, sort of sinking down through citrus and stuff. But port- that port sounds amazing, bro. Let me tell you something: you can go through a lot of them, and it's by the way, it's just such a again, it's a pure spirit, right? We know where this comes from, so it's like an elixir. Um, and I'm not trying to like sell people. i do not am selling Harry the Tupperware salesman, but.
0: It's true. It's an absolutely delicious bourbon. I was wondering, you guys, have, you said you've been drinking bourbon for a long time. What legacy brands would be in your Hall of Fame? And I, and I ask this because I'm curious to what kind of whiskeys you like that went into, obviously the, the, the ones that you've been drinking all your life are the ones that probably most impacted the flavor profile. Of this. So what would be on your Hall of Fame legacy brand bourbons? You know, one of
2: one of my biggest heroes, and, and we have a couple of incredible heroes, but guys like... Uh, Lincoln Henderson, obviously. Sure. Hero of yeah. all of his, and uh, Wes and
0: Wes, his son is, you know, West is West, angels envy. Yeah. And, and you know, Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln, yeah. Lincoln was a, I think inaugural class of the bourbon hall of fame and yeah. And then what they're doing. He's,
2: yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was the man and, 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 uh, you know, guys like Jim Rutledge of four roses fame. Sure. And, yeah. you know, we, we have some pretty amazing people out there that we have access to that we've been able to speak to. We have, we have a master blender, um, Unfortunately, that will go unnamed right now. He's one of the most uh, sort of appreciated in the world. But honestly, man, we wanted to stick to classic, traditional uh, American bourbon rules, but create a bourbon that was so nuanced but also so approachable that that drank like a finished bourbon. Because it's hard to compete. When you look at what it, what Lincoln Henderson did with Angel's Envy, That he had been – spending his whole life sticking to very strict, awesome, traditional, you know, rules of the bourbon making world. And with Angel's Envy, he gets to take all that experience and then flip the recipe a bit. And obviously look what came out of it. Angel's Envy. So you can't argue. Yeah, with Angel's yeah. Envy. Um, So what would your be your, I mean, honestly, man, I, I like all, you know, sipping bourbons. I mean, obviously we've all had old Rip Van Winkles with different ages and they're Incredible bourbons. The price points are just through the roof. But, like, for me, man, I think if, if Basil Hayden and Angel's Envy got, got hammered and had a baby together, it would be Brother
0: Folks, you ready for some tough love? You ready to hear a hard truth? Okay, good. Because I'm going to lay it on you. You can buy the finest, fanciest, most expensive spirits in the world to make craft cocktails at home. But if you use crap mixers, you're going to get crap drinks. Let's face it, whipping up cocktails at home can be an expensive hassle. That's why my fridge is always well stocked with fresh victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of Master Mixologist into your home. All the ingredients are fair-trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Fresh Victor features seven unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. There's delicious combos like pineapple and ginger root, which I love with little vodka, cactus pear and pineapple, which I love with little vodka, and cucumber. And lime. I put rum in that one. And right now, right now, Fresh Victor is offering a funky fresh deal to my listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart with some great mixers, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20. That's what we're drinking, WWD20, to get 20% off your order. So if you order $50 worth of mixers, it'll only cost you 40. Yeah. You're welcome. Go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. That's fresh. When you were putting this together and you were sampling, did you intend to do a high rye bourbon, or was it just you knew that going in, or it was just in the process of tasting you
2: decided? No, we wanted it. Okay. But how do you balance that out? By making it a four-grain. You know, yeah. so you know we blended. So and
4: you
0: won't hard. you won't say what the percentage is of the other, the other grains, huh? yeah. A little dicey with but, me but here right now.
2: Listen, man, <laughs> Jim. Listen, Jim Rutledge. Jim Rutledge gave us. He didn't actually give a shit about it, but he was so sweet. He said, "You know," and this is Jim Rutledge talking. You know, and he said, "Listen, this is this is a, this is a damn good bourbon. What you have right here is great, and I love the high rye. I love how it's balanced with corn and the other small grains." And he said, "Listen, I." In Jim's way, he said yeah, I, I I appreciate that you want to keep barley and wheat the secret. I mean, it's not going to last, but I do appreciate it. And he's right, but man, Paul and I spent a hey, grandma's secret recipe. I mean, literally, literally in this room, Paul and I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours. Just the four months, we spent four to six just staring at the mirror, making yeah. zule in the faces and really
4: hoping Just that a figuring here. out that
2: that wheat and barley uh balance because what we were searching for yeah. and I, I don't mean i'm not trying to sound too like i mean we geek out over this shit but i mean it we were looking for an equal sensory proportion meaning all of those grains are expressed over your palate but in total balance and harmony and i'm not trying to sell you on it, it took or a t-
4: lot t- of finessing man i'm not trying
2: to sound too kumbaya about it and bullshit people Paul's not joking. It was finesse, man. And that was almost six months of our lives, just figuring out wheat and barley. And I, you know, had tears in my eyes the day we actually found this. We got this. It
0: is that, it's that, uh, I've, I've heard that story so many times from people when they have that aha moment. I mean, not uh-huh. to not to make it all about celebrity, but I had McConaughey on the show and uh-huh. when, he, when he was talking about the, the uh, Long Branch, which is the, the expression he did with, he works with Wild Turkey, Speaking yep. of legends, <laughs> legends in the, yeah. in the Russells, you know what I mean? Like Jimmy and, and Eddie are. and, and, and uh, but, uh, he, he, as Eddie tells the Eddie Russell tells the story, you know, McConaughey was just like, try, it was constant, constant cut, try and try and try. And, and then Matthew tells me the one night he's at, he's camping with his family by a river and he got, uh, Eddie had sent him a bunch of different blends that they tried and he tried the one and he went. Turned to his wife and he said, there, I can't do McConaughey. Can anybody do McConaughey? Yeah. And he said, uh, that's it. That's the one. And it's he said, mesquite, And right? he said, "He just sat back when he, when he got the exact right blend that he was looking for. I said, how did you know it? And he said, we've been working at it for so hard. And he goes, and when you taste it, you just know. That one yeah. Thing. yeah. And he said, it was one of the happiest moments of his life. Like to go, I got, this is the flavor that I've been looking for. And it sounds like you guys had a, a similar experience.
2: Paul oh, yeah. and I were sitting I out. Know. Paul and I were sitting out by my fireplace, and uh, Paul's not one to really give away a lot of emotion. He's a
4: I'm glass half
2: empty guy. Yeah, he's pretty stoic, like uh, you know, glass half empty guy. But man, when Paul Paul tried this because we'd gone through it and we found it, and then we just said, all right, let's leave it alone. Because you know, you got to come back. You got to try it at seven in the morning. Literally, you got to try it at nine in the morning. You got to try it at noon. Let's go different. down to the barn and try it. Let's try it outside. Let's do all the stuff. And Paul, Paul tasted this and he, he takes a sip and he goes, and he got really quiet for a second. He goes, this is really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to start you got crying. a little choked up, a little verklempt. Yeah, well, because we just <laughs> never stopped. And I think in that moment, he got a little choked up. And I was like, I know. And then we had to send the blend back to the lab. We just sent it, you know, and so our team said, uh, hey, um, well, you gotta send us because we called and we're like exuberant, right? We're joyful. And they said, All right, great, you gotta send us the blend. And we went, what do you mean? And they went, Well, guys, you gotta send us, you know, oh, that's right, shit. You gotta do a chemical analysis in this. Man, big problem. We had we, we had like this much left because we, we sent them one. <laughs> We sent 1.75 ounces back to the lab. Wow! And, I mean, and they outdated. were
0: able—they were able to,
2: yeah, to ascertain By, what was there. Close call! Close call! By the skin of our teeth.
0: I wonder, as as actors, it's got to be such a special feeling when you when you get your first big break and you see you know you're on TV or you see yourself in a movie or something. How special was that moment when those when those very first bottles rolled off the line? and you got to hold it in your hand and go, this is the thing that we've been, we've been talking about for 10 years.
2: Like having a child.
4: I like, there's like two, like, it's so funny, man. Like, you know, the, the, the bottles obviously coming out of the, and seeing the bottle for the first time. I and mean, we had some, like the, the, we had created our bottles. So we knew it was going to look like obviously, but seeing the, not the sample, but the actual oh, like, the UPC code, yeah, On all that. I was like, holy shit. But also like for me too, man, like, I remember I was like, "Oh my god, if I have a billboard in Times Square, I've made it." And then I had, we had a billboard in time. We had a big old fucking billboard in Times Square, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" And it was cool. But I got to tell you, you know, it was even an even cooler feeling going to New York and seeing the Brothers Bond truck and our 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 faces on the side of this massive truck, Brothers Bond, our label that we everything we worked on for so long. And then that truck filled with Brothers Bond making deliveries around Manhattan where I grew up and, you know, where I ran around as a kid, I was like, this is actually better than the Times Square billboard. And I really yeah. mean, it's,
2: you know, mad yo, man, it, that was real for Vampire Diaries. He's right. We did have a, you know, it, by the way, those outlier moments, you know uh, we did have a billboard in Times Square because in 2009, obviously what had happened in 2008 the world fell apart. Yeah, so right, it just right. so happened that in two, oh man, my dog <laughs> rolled in something dead. Son of a bitch.
0: By the way, Ian's, Ian's dog is now in yeah. the shot.
2: So and down, <laughs> yeah, something, <laughs> something,
0: something doesn't, doesn't I mean, smell I, right, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: Lay down, lay down. Um, we had uh, in two thousand nine, got shit like, on his hand. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful.
0: Is that actual shit on your hand right now? Do you have shit? No, on your hand? It's, I think oh. she rolled in something
2: dead. Oh, okay. A little. It's even worse than shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, because the whole world had fallen apart in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. It just—I don't remember the metrics, but basically, for every dollar you spent in advertising, you got about five dollars of what typically would have been, say, in early two thousand eight or two thousand seven. So the studio spent a tremendous amount of capital, but we got nine figures. Worth of advertising, and I remember walking through Times Square and seeing that and going, "Holy shit!" But <laughs> yeah. Paul, you're right. Seeing the truck, truck.
4: You know, I also it's just like because, dude. Like, obviously, you and I were a huge part of the Vampire Diaries, but we didn't create the Vampire Diaries. Like, I didn't. I didn't create the shot It was a based on a book. I got. I auditioned. I got the part. This is like, man, we came up with this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, we we made it. It. you made that. Yeah, that's your thing. That's a big distinction. Uh, we weren't yeah. actors for hire. You know, this is no. our
2: brand. You know, no, so it's, it's super special, man. I mean, we're we're I I mean, we geek out. We can go into just being super, literally super nerds, and I don't mean that in a, like a goofy way. Because I know a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, you're not a nerd." This and that, and technological stuff. But no, we are bourbon geeks and the technology, I mean, the technical aspects of this we've learned and we know because we built this damn thing. Yeah.
0: I but, don't even know you guys yeah. and I'm happy for you. Look at this. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm man, getting, man. I'm, I'm getting a little choked up, Paul. Hold on a second. Just thinking about, the, just thinking about that truck. Um, and by the way, everybody <laughs> out there, I'm I'm going to make this my mission since these guys are based here. I will, I'll, I'll go out with them one night. I'm going to get them drunk and I'll find out what the, uh, Anytime, are. Buddy. I'll <laughs> find out what the percentages are on the, uh, on the, wheat, <laughs> on the wheat, the barley, I don't want to keep you too long. I do. I do have to ask you, and since you're here, please, dear God, can you explain the finale of lost for me?
2: You know, it's so funny, man, because I, so, you know, I was the first one, you were tasked. the first one killed too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, never have I been more grateful. Uh, you know, vampire diaries and lost were on another level of huge, right? There are things that there are big distinctions in someone's life, someone's life. Clearly, those two properties changed my world forever, right? But it's so funny because like Paul was saying, we didn't create Vampire Diaries, but we were fortunate enough to create these characters with this executive and production team. So it was our show, was our show, right? Lost because, yeah, I was the first one cast, then I was the first one killed. Lost, unfortunately, or for whatever it was, was not my show. But man, I'll tell you the amount of people that run up to me in certain, certain circumstances where, whether it is a street corner, an airport, a, a mall, dark alley. a dark alley, who run up to me and are so furious about the ending of this show, <laughs> yelling at me. And I'm like, dude, As if you had, I, remember, I think I was number eight on that call sheet or something. And, and I was killed in season one. I just have to say, Hey man, Hey, I appreciate the passion. Not my fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> by the way, it's dude, not, by the way, fault.
4: I have to deal with that shit. Sorry, spoiler alert. I die in the finale of The Vampire <laughs> Era. The amount of grown men I've had come up to me and be like, I cried, man. Why'd you have to die? And I'm like, you know. It's like, I didn't have anything to do with
0: it. Well, You know, I got to tell you. Here's the thing. I actually loved the ending of Lost, and me too. You know, here's the thing with with that show. You had you know between the multiple timelines and the time jumps and the tertiary characters, and the series was confusing at times, right? But for me, that final season, I felt like Lost kind of dumped a lot of that baggage that it had accumulated but what upset a lot of the people were that there were questions that had gotten raised right throughout the course of the series that they wanted answered. And I guess they were never going to be answered in that thing. But for me, they didn't need to be what I really appreciated about the ending was that it was a simple ending and it was really about the people, right? It was about the bonds between those people on the show and no matter what reality they were in it, it, it was really ultimately about the people when, when, when you see him, Jack at the very end and, and they're around him, that's what it meant to me. And when, what I thought about lost too, and you, you, you said it, Ian, when you said just having these two huge shows, lost kind of set the stage for so much of the great TV that we've had in recent, you like the, the leftovers oh, it changed, and watchmen it changed,
2: changed television for a long time. It man.
0: really did. And you were a part of that. And, uh, oh. And I forgive you for, for the ending. I, I just want to let you know. <laughs> Paul, hey, I do not hey. forgive you for the... In fact, I... Appreciate that, Dan. I'm so mad at you, Paul, that I just peed my CW pants, uh, undies, <laughs> right now. Is, I, I thought know. you
2: weren't wear. I thought they were in the oh, dryer. Oh, all well, right. Your,
0: find you got your, me.
4: Pull up your Stefan Salvatore poster in your bedroom, What's right? another show
0: on the CW? Let me think if I can name one other show on the CW. All right. Uh, okay. Is...
4: Gilmore Girls was that on the CW?
0: That was CW. Okay. That was WB, no, yeah. but I
4: don't even think that was a CW, and that was WB. That was WB. Oh, CW. Uh, was, no Rose uh, Place.
2: No, uh, no, that was WB. That uh, was WB. Actually, I don't even know if that was WB. Oh no, they did. They remade that. Okay. Uh, C-Post was on that. They it's Not my
0: target. It. I'm. I'm more like you know PBS. <laughs> PBS. Judy Woodruff. Judy Woodruff. You ask me about her, I'll tell you everything about her, baby. <laughs> BBS wow. News Hour. I yeah, baby. Yeah, love it. Well, listen, uh, guys, thank I, I want to thank you for being on. Uh, Ian Sommerhalder and Paul Wesley, they have Brothers Bond Bourbon. It's available, I think, all over the damn place, right? You're in just about. He's
2: a- in right now. But, but nationwide with Reserve I mean, Bar, who are amazing partners yeah. of ours, Drizzly, all the online. GoPuff, all yeah. that. GoPuff Go Puff is an incredible partner of ours they to- all
4: ship you know bevmo total wine all those guys so yeah it's everywhere yeah, yeah. and in la you, you know you pop in the whole foods and you know there's you know you could go on brothers bond bourbon.com hit where to buy whatever then we have some we, we put a lot of time and effort into our website we, we all design this thing together and yeah. so you could hit that and and it'll, you know we'd love for you to try the bourbon too. we just
2: populated in illinois in and Jewel osco and I'm throwing this
0: out there right now to everybody and you guys you can agree or not agree but next year when the world hopefully is back to somewhat normal again we're going <laughs> to I want to do this podcast I'm going to throw I'm going to throw this challenge out to you guys I want to do this podcast at uh, Tales of the Cocktail the biggest cocktail festival probably in America normally held every July in Louisiana New Orleans Louisiana yeah, close to where Ian grew up so Next July, if if the world, if the universe co- uh, cooperates with us, we'll do an episode of this live from Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans, and we'll see who gets the most shit faced quickest. It'll probably be me. Why? Because it's the world. I'll,
2: yeah. I'll tell you why we'll get so shit faced because we'll be drinking our freaking cask strength. Or our yeah, bottle. that's right. Yeah, Did I was going to ask you. That. Got something new coming too? We got some. Something- oh yeah. Okay, dude. Our- imagine this but a cast strength yeah or- this is it so
0: everybody knows this is at 40 uh abv 80 proof so your your cast strength is going to be what about up around 120
2: i think it's once i i, I want to say it's 116.8 yeah 116.8. it's
4: 116.8 Forgotten now but i but yeah we have we have <laughs> the cast strength we have an eight-year that's
2: oh, incredible our eight year program is insane. Eight, you know, one year in the barrel for every year that we were on air. We think that's super meaningful. That's great. Um, th- we're leaving no stone unturned, but we're doing it very methodically and very organically. So, thank. I, by the way, I accept that challenge. I All would right, love doing to it. Be new with you, no I guys, as well.
0: your enthusiasm really is infectious. It's it's great to see how uh, excited you guys are about the brand and with good reason it's a it's a fantastic whiskey i encourage everybody out there to pick some up and look for the new ones that are coming down the line and uh anytime you want to come back on the show guys you're welcome
2: thank thank you you. so much can't wait to have a toast with you man tranquility base here the eagle has landed